It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to focus in on the NBA draft. We're going to talk a little bit about the need versus fit debate, but not in the way that you think. And yes, we have the longest wingspans from the NBA draft combine. It's time for Thursday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 26, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, it's the age-old draft debate, fit versus need. We'll talk about that, but not in the way that you think coming up here. Plus, the NBA Draft Combine was last week. We've been wrapping up player evaluations and kind of basking in the glow of the number one overall pick. Now it's time to look at the measurements, the longest players at the NBA Draft Combine. We'll get to that and some second round thoughts coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, plus teams around the sports world. Check it out, Ravy Download Podcast, Locked On, and the team you're looking for. Typically, when you get to any level of the draft, there is a philosophical debate, a push and pull that guides so many decisions, um, that guides so much of the debate that that teams have. If you're looking to break a tie between two players that are of similar similar quality, you ask yourself, okay, who fits best? Who is the better fit for the current team? Who's going to make this team better? Now, generally, my philosophy is no matter where you are in the draft, take the best player available, you will figure out the fit later. Now, that's kind of a broad philosophy, of course. There does come a point where fit matters more, where if you're going to draft a guy, if you're going to bring in someone uh, on the guaranteed two-year contract and and essentially have them for those four years, you want to make sure that they can play. You want to make sure there's a pathway for them to play. You don't want to just sign a guy and have him sit on the bench. It's kind of what happened to RJ Hampton in Denver. But then again, If you draft the best player available, that player earns his way into the starting lineup. That player earns his way into the rotation. Then, you know, it goes from there. So this is always a huge debate. Um, Again, I will always fall on the best player available uh, side of the fence, especially when you're drafting at the very top of the draft. When you've got the first overall pick, fit is not the concern. If you're drafting for fit on the first overall pick, you're taking Anthony Bennett. Sorry, Cleveland. Um, but that's that's the truth. Um, then maybe that draft was a little bit different than most drafts, but 
drafting for fit over best player available always leads to mistakes, always leads to missed talent. And again, I'm not usually into the game of, well, they could have had this guy or they missed on this guy. Really, you can only work with the information you have at the time. But if there's a guy that looks clearly better or you have higher on your board and you end up taking someone else because you need a rookie to fill this backup point guard role or to fill this other role, then yeah, it's not going to work out. But here at the number one overall pick, the Magic have something different. Fit isn't necessarily the right question or the right descriptor of kind of the debate that's surely going on within the Magic front office. Here at the number one pick in the draft, Orlando has, by all accounts, three really good options. Jabari Smith Jr. of Auburn, Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, and Paolo Bancaro of Duke. I've laid out the basic case for all three. There's, uh, I think that was last Friday's episode. Um, there's an earlier episode. You could find it. I laid out the basic case. We'll go dive into them a little bit deeper um, a little bit later on uh, as we get ready for the draft process, as we get ready for, for the NBA draft here in, in the next month. But as I'm beginning to see some of the debates get shaped among Magic Twitter, among Magic fans, there is there is undeniably camps being made and for me, there's undeniably no wrong choice. I can make a good case for all three. I've made the case for Paolo, ben- for Paolo Bancaro as the best kind of individual score and go-to score in this draft. Jabari Smith is probably the most versatile, high upside pick with honestly one of the highest floors as well. And Chet Holmgren, there are just very few human beings at his size that can do what he can do. And to ignore that kind of special talent is... It's criminal. You can't ignore that. You have to at least consider. You have to at least consider grabbing a player that unique. And so, when you're a team like the Magic, with the second worst record in the league, with the top pick in the draft, you need everything. There, you know, the Magic think they have something set. Franz Wagner at forward looks pretty set. Wendell Carter at center looks set for now. You know, Jonathan Isaac's still hanging around, although I don't think you could count him as a core guy anymore because of the injury history. They like Markel Fultz. They've drafted Jalen Suggs, who they like. The roster is still a little bit of a mishmash. There is no, you're, you're duplicating something no matter who you take. Um, you're duplicating Jonathan Isaac and Franz Wagner. You're duplicating Wendell Carter. You're duplicate if you take Jaden Ivey or, or Shane Sharp at guard, you're duplicating Jalen Suggs or Markel Fultz or Cole Anthony. There is no perfect fit for this young crew. And obviously, like I said yesterday. The big goal for the Magic in 2023 is to figure out what this team's actually going to look like and how to actually build around the players you want to build around and who's going to stay and how they fit into into those roles. So fit isn't the right word here. The real consideration the Magic have to make and the real kind of split the difference, I think, for the Magic as they begin to assess who they're going to draft, it's not fit at least in terms of their team. It's fit in terms of what wins. Like I said, after the Magic won the draft lottery, this year, this this pick gives the Magic a chance to set their future. They're not reliant on anyone else. They're not being left with something. They get the chance to shape this team the way they want it. 
This pick, fair or unfair, is a centerpiece player for this roster now. It is a key player. It is a guy that this team is going to truly build around and and be a big part of this team's future. There is no getting around it. There is no changing it. There is no denying it. The Orlando Magic are getting a really important player in this year's draft. And and again, I I don't know if Jeff Waltman has to get an all-star or a superstar in this draft, but failing to get even a starter is going to be disastrous. And if if you guys know me, my baseline for whether a draft pick is good is can they play? They got to get a starter here, at least. A high-level starter, at least. And so that's really what this team has to do. The, the, the splitting of the hairs that's going to happen inside that magic front office, inside that magic war room, is what wins in the league. How can we build a team that's not just going to win um, on a small scale, make the playoffs, advance, but what's going to help us win championships? Now, it, this draft is not considered to have a truly kind of game-changing prospect, but as you're looking at the at the NBA at the NBA right now, Stephen Curry is a generational talent, drafted seventh. Luka Doncic is a generational talent. Everyone knew that coming into the draft. Jason Tatum was third. Jimmy Butler is really really good. It doesn't necessarily take that runaway superstar player. You know, LeBron, Giannis, they're all still there. Those type, Joel Embiid, those Nikola Jokic is obviously the MVP, second round pick. Um, those guys are still there, and they make life a whole lot easier. Um, all the teams that we're watching in the NBA in the NBA Conference Finals right now are flawed. But you need to find that piece, that player, that's going to be able to help you win and think about what this team is going to look like down the road. So what is that and how do each of these players fit into that? That's going to be our question for the next segment. Before we dive into that, let's tell you a little bit about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have access to computers with rockauto.com on them. The warehouse is in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving you yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliable for every customer, and they have everything you can need, from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast with host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. He's joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and, of course, the Big Boards. It's being available wherever you get podcasts. We'll have Richard Stamen on very, very soon, probably tomorrow, uh, to talk a little bit more about the Orlando Magic's decision here at the number one pick. But right now, I want to talk about this notion of fit. Again, it's not fit in terms of the current roster because with the number one pick, you expect to get, and again, whether this is a fair or unfair expectation, you expect to get a player that the roster fits around, not a player who fits into the roster. And so the question then becomes, especially for a rebuilding team like the Orlando Magic, what is the piece they need to win? To win at the highest levels. The first place that I would start, and one of the rationales that I was using throughout the course of the pre-lottery draft process, I'm working on my next mock draft for OrlandoMagicDaily.com. It'll be up probably on Thursday. Um, the first thought process in that is get the score. Get the guy who's going to get you 20 points a night. You could dump the ball into when you need a basket, can get a game-winning basket. And, and that is Paolo Bancaro. To me, Paolo Bancaro is the best pure scorer in this draft. Um, he's a guy that can create off the dribble. You can put him in the low block. And you can put him in the high post. I think his three-point shot's a lot better than, it, than, it, than he showed at Duke. Obviously, you'll have to learn the three, NBA three-point line, which is a, a difficult challenge. I think he's a really gifted passer. Um, you know, Not a, a, an amazing passer, but a solid passer. Um, and, and obviously, defensively, he still has some work to do. And I think a lot of that's just effort. Um, but at the end of the day, you watch these games. Luka Doncic can hit a step back three. Steph Curry is a master at creating creating space. Jimmy Butler is a low post scorer. Jason Tatum is the same. Jalen Brown is the same. You watch these NBA playoffs. You watch the teams that get deep. It is the teams that can score. It is the teams that can create off the dribble, get in the lane, and the teams that can score. And they have scorers who can beat defenses. And that, to me, is Paolo Bancaro. That is Paolo Bancaro's game in a nutshell. And why I have favored him so much in my early mock drafts and my early exercises in trying to figure out who the Magic are going to draft and who I would pick. If he becomes the score that everyone thinks he can be, then you're set. You have a guy that can help you compete and help you get to a high level. Again, the Magic have had, had Nikola Vucevic, Dwight Howard, and Shaquille O'Neal all score more than 20 points per game. The only other players in franchise history to top 20 points per game, other than those three centers, the th you know, three kind of pillar centers, are Penny, I believe Nick Anderson did it the year before Shaq came, Tracy McGrady obviously did it a few times, and Steve Francis. 
This is a team that has not had a lot of perimeter scoring. A lot of guys who can beat you off the dribble. And you could argue the 2009 Magic as well as the 2010 Magic lost. Did not get to the top of the mountain. Did not win the championship because they were unable to create off the dribble consistently. Um, The 95 Magic at Penny Hardaway, they were just too young. And then obviously Jordan came and injuries and, you know. This is a key thing. This is a big thing. That teams need. And it's also kind of why you do have to consider Jaden Ivey of Purdue. Jaden Ivey is mostly considered a top five pick in this draft. I have a much lower on my board. I am not as optimistic about him. I don't think he's a great playmaker. Um, I think his passing numbers were terrible for a high usage guard. His shooting was inconsistent at all three levels. Um, I don't think he was great finishing at the rim, but theoretically he is a guard who can attack off the dribble and score where he wants and when he wants. And that is something to consider. What else is winning in the league today? Then obviously there's defensive versatility. The Miami heat and the Boston Celtics, the two Eastern conference finalists. Um, I believe if, if I've read some stats correctly, switch more than any team in the league. Why do they switch so much? How can they switch so much? How do they bottle up teams so much? It's because all five players can defend all five positions, even Al Horford, even Robert Williams. Why was losing Robert Williams so important? Because Daniel Dice can't defend the defend the guard positions the same way Robert Williams can. You look at that team, Marcus Smart playing point guard, really kind of out of position to point guard, but Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams, and Al Horford, that team defensively is tough to break. Miami's much the same way. P.J. Tucker can guard guards as well as big men. Bam Adebayo can guard every position on the floor. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, those are fantastic defenders. Not just good defenders, fantastic defenders. The, De- the Golden State Warriors have done a really good job because they can, you know, against Dallas' spread out offense, they switch everything to, including Kevon Looney. Whether it's a gimmick, whether it's the right thing or not, defenses in the league have embraced switching to beat these five out offenses. To beat these spread them out offenses, they're trying to bottle up pe- dribble penetration, by simply switching the screen and forcing teams into one-on-ones into low percentage isolations. So who does that best in this draft class? That would be Jabari Smith Jr. Jabari Smith of Auburn, knocked down three-point shooter, which obviously is super important in this league. The Orlando Magic were one of the worst three-point shooting teams and have been one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league since Dwight Howard left. I think they finished 11th in 2019 and that was as high as they've been. Um, I think they've been in the top half of the league in three-point field goal percentage maybe twice or three times in the last decade. The Magic need three-point shooters, and that's obviously where Jabari Smith comes in. But what's made him the number one pick is the versatility. We'll talk about wingspan here in a little bit when it comes to the NBA Draft Combine. But yes, Jabari Smith is big. He can defend multiple positions. He's a great defender. He knows how to use his length to close down gaps and make up for any speed deficiencies that he might have. He has the potential to be a great two-way player, not just a premier scorer, but also a great defender. And that's the attraction of Jabari Smith. He's got, at the at bare minimum, of all the players that we're going to talk about at the top of the draft, to me, Jabari Smith has the highest floor. Is at the very least, I think he's going to be a very good 3 and D wing. I think he's going to do a great job at least doing that, at bare minimum. 
I've started comparing him to Rashard Lewis. He's got Rashard Lewis's athleticism from Seattle with the shooting ability from Orlando. But honestly, the comparison goes even deeper than that because in Orlando, Rashard Lewis was a really good defender. Rashard Lewis just did a lot of really good things. There will never be any Rashard Lewis slender. One of the best birthday gifts the Magic ever got me was signing Rashard Lewis on July 3rd, 2007. Uh, 2007? Yeah, 2007. Um, one of the best birthday gifts the Magic ever got me um, because Richard Lewis was just such a good defender. Uh, great entry pass. Dwight Howard, no one threw entry passes like Richard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu. Credit to both of them. Um, they get, they threw perfect post-entry passes. It's a lost art in this league. Um, but Richard Lewis could defend Kevin Garnett as well as he could defend perimeter players. And that's why he was so super valuable and why that stretch four experiment worked at the time that it did. Obviously, the other aspect of this, the other thing that works in this league are players who are really unique. Um, and, and, and this is really important too. You need Some teams just need a player that no one else can figure out. How do you deal with Joel Embiid when he can put you on the block as easily as he can step out and hit a three? What do you do with Marcus Smart? How do you attack Marcus Smart with his voracious defense? Defense. What do you do with Steph Curry with just his his court warping ability to make threes from the outside? Or what do you do with Luka Doncic, a six foot seven point guard who is strong and just doesn't you know just does what he does? What do you do with the Giannis Antetokounmpo? You know what do you do with these players? These what do you do with Kevin Durant? Having a player who is truly unique not only allows you to kind of build a team to emphasize that uniqueness and, and, and bring that out to the front, but it also challenges defenses to do something different and create holes in their base set to make them change to what you're doing. And that's ultimately what the playoffs are about. It's about, you know, again, everyone knows what everyone's doing. It's about finding the will to beat you, but it's about making one team blink first lose their base set, do something they're uncomfortable and unfamiliar with, and then pressing that advantage. And that's Chet Holmgren. The league has not seen a player of Chet Holmgren's size with that fluidity. In a lot of ways, he does remind everyone a lot of Kristaps Porzingis, uh, and that's New York Kristaps Porzingis, not current Kristaps Porzingis, although uh, Kristaps certainly had a strong finish to this year. They have not seen a big, a seven-footer that can handle the ball and hit jumpers the way he can. You know, again, he's not maybe as fluid as Kevin Durant, but that's the style of play that he kind of plays. And Chet Holmgren, with his shot-blocking ability, his length, and his timing, is a truly unique player. At least until Victor Wembanyama comes next year. Uh, but if you're looking to build around someone unique, if you're looking to challenge defenses to figure out what to do with a player, Chet Holmgren's your guy. So, in doing this, you see that it's really hard to make this separation. If the Magic are going for fit based off of what's winning in the league, maybe we need to watch the rest of the NBA Finals to figure out what actually wins. What will be the deciding factor here in the playoffs that wins a championship? Obviously, Giannis is gone. Embiid is gone. So, Durant is gone. So, the players that Holmgren looks like are pretty much gone. You're looking at a Tatum, you know, maybe leading the Celtics to the finals here at the up three, two in that series, or, 
you know, obviously Golden State's Golden State. We don't really know. And so ultimately, again, it is about what the magic value. What are they looking for? And what kind of player, what kind of skill set, what kind of attribute do they value the most as they take this next step in the rebuild? We got a we got a long way to go. We got a few 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 day, few weeks to go before the NBA draft takes place. So let's not make any final decisions now. There's a lot lot to do, and obviously the Magic have started doing some workouts. Um, uh, I believe Derek Seaborn of NC State was in town today. I think uh, David Roddy of Colorado State was also due to be in town. I think Jalen Williams is due to be in town from Santa Clara is due to be in town. Um, there's a lot of work to do before we get there. So then let's focus in and really break these guys down and try and figure out what the differences are. One place we could start, of course, is with Wingspan. And with the NBA Draft Combine, we now have some Wingspans. We'll talk about the best wing, the bit longest Wingspans at the NBA Draft Combine coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at TrueBuild. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. So don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download TrueBuild to take control of your subscriptions today. TrueBuild is a new app. That helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has more than 2 million users and helps them save more than $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So obviously, um, if you're a Magic fan, you know the joke. I don't need to say the joke. You know the joke. Everyone around the league knows the joke. Jeff Weltman and John Hammond love them some guys with wingspan. They love length. They they love that. They love that kind of stuff. They joke with it with us. They're in on the joke too um, about kind of this weird obsession the Magic have over wingspan, but. There is something to it. You know, it makes defense a lot easier. It makes your defense a lot tougher. A positional size 
is an important value set um, in this league. So it's not something to completely dismiss. Of course, it's been a little bit of a joke here in Orlando because the Magic have in the very past, in the very recent past, just kind of seemingly taken the guys with the longest wingspans at the NBA draft combine, or at least so, at least that what we have measured. So with the NBA draft combine taking place, we do have some measurements now for the longest wingspans uh, in the NBA draft class, or at least among the guys that got measured. So let's dive into a few of them. At center for Duke, Mark Williams, wingspan seven foot six and a half, height seven foot two, standing reach nine foot nine. Now, Mark Williams, I think, it seemed to make the biggest impression. The measurement certainly really, really helped him. I actually really, really like Mark Williams. Um, I thought in a lot of ways at Duke, he he impressed me as much as Paolo Bancaro. And, you know, again, role-specific, role of course. Um, but I really like Mark Williams. I thought he was a good shot blocker. I thought he really did a good job positioning himself. He doesn't maybe have the greatest lateral quickness in the world. Um, but that standing reach, that wingspan – that height, it's going to make him a really stalwart defender. It's going to make him a good player and someone that a lot of guys are going to look look at um, when we get to the draft process. Would not surprise me if this combine got him into the first round um, just because he measured so fantastically. He was the longest wingspan at the NBA draft combine. I mentioned him a little bit earlier, Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. He is, I believe he did, ha- is he was in town earlier this week. I think he was in town Wednesday. Um he will be, and if not, he will be in town very, very soon, according to according to a few reports. Um, Jalen Williams of Santa Clara also had a very good combine. Wingspan of seven foot two point two five inches, height of six foot five point seven five, standing reach of eight foot nine and a half inches. Um, this was the big guard with the biggest wingspan in this year's combine class. Um, the Magic previously took the guards with the longest wingspan in Melvin Frazier, as well as Justin Jackson uh, in previous drafts. So. They like these raw guys. They like these raw wings with big wingspans because they think they could turn them into good defenders. But Jalen Williams actually had some good offensive games too. Averaged 18 points per game in his final year at Santa Clara. Was improved in his passing with 4.2 assists per game. 51.3% shooting, including 39.6% from beyond the arc. He had some really nice moments at Santa Clara. Um, He's a guy that could develop into a nice shooter, could develop into a nice secondary uh, attacker, a secondary ball handler. Uh, that sizable leap is is really, really good. And he was a really good free throw shooter, topping uh, off at 80.9% from the line uh, in his in his junior year. So there is at least some suggestion that he can take that next step forward. Obviously, when you're dealing with some of these smaller school guys, you have to wonder, okay, how would they do? How did they do against bigger competition? So against Gonzaga, in two games against Gonzaga, he scored 17 points, albeit 6 or 16 shooting and 15.6 rebounds and six assists against Gonzaga. And that includes some moments going at Chet Holmgren, Andrew Timmy, trying to get into the lane. Um, You like that fearlessness. You like that about him. Jalen Williams probably played himself out of the second round. I do think that he will go in the late first round. Potential trade-up target for the Orlando Magic if they are looking for another wing, another guard to kind of add to their team. Um, I would not be surprised if Jalen Williams is on, obviously they worked him out, that is on their list of guys that they're looking to either move up or take with those two second-round draft picks. Definitely keep an eye on him. We'll be profiling him a little bit later on on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The guy that I'm still interested in, um, because he is quasi-part of the Northwestern family, even though he did not go to Northwestern, um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Patrick Baldwin Jr. needed a good draft combine. I I don't think he did enough at the draft combine. He should have played in the games. He had nothing to lose. He needs to really show that his season at Milwaukee was a fluke, but 
the good news for him, he did measure out really, really well. Seven foot one point seven five wingspan, six foot ten point two five height, standing reach of nine foot two and a half. So he has the length, he has the size that you really like, but of course, he really struggled. Averaged twelve point one points per game, shot thirty four point four percent from floor. It's hard to, to to quit the potential. He was considered a lottery pick at the beginning of the season. He he's, he had the hardest fall during the course of the season. I do think that he ultimately goes back to school, whether that's at Milwaukee or whether he transfers somewhere else. He is in the transfer portal at the moment. Um, I, I do think that Baldwin needs to go out and prove himself a little bit if he wants to get into the draft process. But if the Magic are sitting there at 32 and 35, um, it's hard to pass on that kind of talent. Obviously, the Magic are kind of loaded at that forward position um, with Chumo Kiki, with Jonathan Isaac, with Franz Wagner, with their likely first-round pick here, with their likely first overall pick here. Um, so again, not a great roster fit, which again, later in the draft, I'm cool thinking about roster fit a little bit. Make sure if you're going to draft a guy, make sure he has a path to play. Patrick Baldwin Jr. would have a really rough path to play here. Um, so I don't, uh, but again, the talent is hard to deny. So if you're going to take best player available, there comes a point where Patrick Baldwin Jr. becomes the best player available because of the potential that he has. So keep an eye on him. I'm curious where he'll work out again. I'm curious where he'll ultimately end up. The other player I want to note uh, from the draft combine is Ron Harper Jr., uh, the Rutgers guard, yes, son of that Ron Harper, seven foot one point two five wingspan, six foot five and a half height with shoes. All these heights are with shoes. I why I don't know why you measure someone without shoes. Who cares? They're going to be wearing shoes when they play. Um, I'm a Big Ten guy. I've watched enough Ron Harper. I think there is something there in Ron Harper. It would not surprise me if Orlando took Ron Harper Jr. in the second round. Um, I think that's ultimately where he's going to end up. Um, maybe maybe late first round. He had some big shots. He's not afraid of moments. Um, again, I think his uh, he had a breakout three-point shooting year this year at 339.8%. Made plenty of big shots for the Scarlet Knights throughout the course of the year. So I, I do think that this is a player to keep an eye on as well. Again, we're just focusing on wingspan here. Um, you know, it, it's it's sort of a eliminator for Orlando. Um, so we're looking at guys with positive wingspans. Ron Harper measures out really well, checks some boxes for Orlando, so definitely keep an eye on him. Don't worry, we're going to dive plenty more into second-round guys. We'll dive plenty more into first-round trade-up targets, um, as I do think the Magic may try and trade back up into the first round at some point. I'm trying to figure out who they would target on that front because this draft gets really bare really quickly. It, um, but again, there are some good finds out there. There are some good players out there. I put Ron Harper Jr. in there. Um, Mark Williams, I think, would be in there as well, um, as would be some of the other players that we've talked about, as, certainly as, as with Jalen Williams as well. There's plenty, plenty, plenty more. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device you can find me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd and of course for the latest on the orlando magic be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com you can follow us there on twitter at o magic daily now that you're done listening to us be sure to check out the locked on nba podcast from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the nba finals locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams that's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross Reich. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.